Welcome to Ageless and Outrageous, your favorite podcast about how to age amazingly. I'm urogynecologist and hormone and sexual health expert, Dr. Kristen Jackson. Every week, my incredible and knowledgeable nurse practitioner, Rosalind Arp, and I share our combined 30 years experience to guide both men and women as they age. Listen as we dive into a variety of topics, including hormone optimization, pelvic floor health, maintaining a vibrant sex life, weight gain issues, and skin, hair, and body changes as we age. These real-life insights are always rooted in solid scientific knowledge. Tune in for a dose of laughter, knowledge, and an honest perspective on the incredible adventure of growing older. The postmenopausal orgasm. This might be a topic that you're thinking, is that even possible? Do postmenopausal women still enjoy sex and have orgasms? And the answer, at least through our practice, is absolutely yes. But we know that after menopause, a lot of things change with the orgasm. So today we're diving into what makes it difficult to have an orgasm after menopause and all the things that we can do to improve it. I think the one thing that I see a lot with a lot of our patients who are postmenopausal is that they are shocked that so many women are actually sexually active. So around their age, and they, they think they're an anomaly. When And also one of the things that shocked me when I was a new provider was a lot of the women wanted to be sexually active as well, even if they were unable to or if they were having issues with it. That's so true. I mean, the stereotype is that men want to have sex until they die, but women give up after a certain amount of time. And that's not what we see. We hear women complaining, I used to really enjoy sex and it was easy to have an orgasm. And I still love my husband. My relationship's great. Everything's wonderful. Just... I don't have much interest. And then to do all that work and not really have a great orgasm, it's not worth it anymore. But even the fact that they're asking means they're interested in sex and they're interested in improving that portion of their lives. And I think, unfortunately, um, men are getting much more of a help from their providers and they're more open to asking their providers regarding um, their erectile dysfunction or low libido or whatnot, because they're how many 20 something meds for men for erectile dysfunction. And there's not really much medications for women. That's so true. But as sexual health experts, we really look for all the things that we can do to improve our patient's sexual lives. And we're interested in asking about it. If a patient even kind of gets up the courage to talk to her doctor and say, you know, my orgasms aren't that great. And a lot of times the answer they get is, yep, that happens as you age. And that's not the answer that men are getting. When men say, hey, I'm having a harder time having an erection, the doctor doesn't just say, oh, yeah, that happens. You're getting older. The blood flow is not as good. No, he has many tools in his toolbox to help treat uh, his male patient. So we definitely want to offer female patients just as many options. So typically what we hear uh, when patients talk about why their postmenopausal orgasm isn't as good, it's either not happening at all, or it takes forever to reach orgasm. Or when they do get to orgasm, it's just not as strong as it once was. So it's pleasurable, but it's just kind of okay. And it's also having to tease out from these patients if they had orgasms before menopause and after menopause and how we treat them. So today we're really talking about more so for the women who had orgasms before they were in menopause and now are having difficult time having it or are not having it at all anymore. Right. So we're going to focus on four main areas that we look at to make sure women are having a great postmenopausal orgasm. And in order to achieve that, we need good arousal, we need proper physical stimulation, a good blood flow to the clitoris and pelvic floor, 
and a strong pelvic floor musculature. So we're going to dive into each of those independently. So let's talk about arousal first. Uh, If women are having trouble becoming aroused uh, during sexual activity, the first thing to do is a good medical history and exam. There are so many medications or chronic medical conditions that can just kill your libido and kill your arousal. The list of meds that hurt your libido is really long. It's things like antidepressants, heart or blood pressure medications can do it, um, even some acid blockers for acid reflux. Women on birth control pills can have a low libido. Uh, People taking statins for their cholesterol. A lot of psych or anti-epileptic, anti-seizure drugs can do it as well. So the first thing we do is a good history, a good medical history, and take a look at those drugs and see if we can get them off any medications that might be a libido killer. For most women who are in menopause who are having difficulty with their arousal, it's mostly related to their hormones, um, testosterone and estrogen, typically. So hormone replacement therapy is usually the first um, line treatment for them. That's right. Both testosterone and estrogen improve blood flow to the genitals. They improve the areas in our brain that are associated with arousal. Um, And that's a great place to start is optimizing those hormones. But sometimes even after those hormones are optimized, there's still a struggle with arousal. So there are some specific prescription medications that actually are indicated for hypoactive female sexual desire disorder. One of them is called Addy. This is a medication that's FDA approved for female sexual dysfunction. And it's been shown to increase the amount of positive sexual encounters and decrease women's distress over having poor sexual encounters. So those are both really good things. Uh, Addy can have some side effects, however. People can feel dizzy and nauseous on it. It has a warning against using alcohol with it. You can That can worsen your dizziness or give you a little bit of low blood pressure. And in our practice, one of the hardest things about it is that it's only FDA approved for premenopausal women. So even though it probably does have some effect in postmenopausal women, we don't officially have that data to show. So the other medication that's FDA approved for women is by Lisi. It's an injectable that is used as an on-demand product. So 30 minutes before a woman wants to have intercourse, they can inject the medication to their thigh, somewhat working like Viagra. Um, it works differently in a different pathway than Viagra does, but it's a, mel- a melanocyte a stimulating hormone, which helps increase that desire right before intercourse. One of the main side effects of it is also nausea. And some of my patients have reported that, it's, it, that it can cause overstimulation of their clitoris where it feels like it actually hurts. It's great to have a few prescription products specifically for women, but both Addy and Vilesi are only FDA approved for premenopausal women. So when we use them in postmenopausal women, it is an off-label use. But they both do work by improving the excitatory neurotransmitters in the brain or possibly decreasing the, the neurotransmitters that kind of calm us down. So we want to get that balance of neurotransmitters correct in the brain. But that doesn't mean um, postmenopausal women cannot use it. Um, many providers actually does use it for postmenopausal women, but unfortunately, because it's not approved for that, um, most insurances are not covering it, so that patients have to pay out of pocket. Right, and and providers use off-label drugs all the time. I think sometimes patients get nervous about an off-label use. Birth control is a perfect example. Birth control is only FDA approved to prevent pregnancy. But we also use birth control to decrease cramps during a period, decrease blood flow during a period, treat a lot of premenstrual symptoms. Those are all off-label uses. There's tons of data on that off-label use. So just when we hear off-label use, it's important to understand it doesn't necessarily mean we don't have information about it. 
So our second area we want to dive into is clitoral stimulation. Clearly, this is a big one. Um, We've talked before about a lot of women think that they should be able to have an orgasm with any type of genital stimulation, like penetration alone. And a lot of women cannot have an orgasm just with penetration alone. And that's because the majority of women need direct clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. But as patients go through menopause and we're getting older, the 8,000 nerve endings that are firing away in the clitoris sometimes are also getting older and they just don't respond the same way to stimulation that they used to before. So what may have made you orgasm before, whether that was pressure on the clitoris or manual stimulation, oral stimulation, you may feel like that just doesn't do the job anymore. So one of the main um, recommendations I give my patients um, is something that doesn't have any side effects and which are sex toys or vibrators. I have actually, I've told patients many times like to using the vibrators and helping them having an orgasm. And a great urologist I heard spoke about it. And she said that when you're getting older and you're you're having difficulty hearing, you use hearing aids. If you are having difficulty seeing, you use glasses. If you're having difficulty having an orgasm, use a vibrator. It's a medical device. And that's what I tell my patients. That's great advice. And it's a great test that postmenopausal women can do for themselves. You know, if they feel like, boy, I'm really struggling to have an orgasm. It must be my hormones. It must be something else. Get a vibrator. See how that works. If you have a fabulous orgasm with a vibrator, blood flow's working, nerves working, you just need more direct stimulation. And I think a lot of women might be kind of fearful about bringing a vibrator into the bedroom if they have a partner, but most men really want their partner to be satisfied. They want their partner to enjoy sex as much as they do. So adding that vibrator is not a challenge to the sexual activity. It actually increases the enjoyment of it. Plus there's lots of ways you can use it together. Some vibrators are meant for just direct clitoral stimulation, but they now have vibrators that are actually meant to be used during penetrative intercourse. And men sometimes like vibrators too. They like that vibration at the base of the penis. So it's good for both partners. So, and sometimes uh, what I find with women too, who are struggling having an orgasm, it's harder to get there. They feel the pressure of having to have an orgasm. So it even puts more pressure on them. So it's harder for them to have an orgasm. It becomes this vicious cycle. So I tell them sometimes using a vibrator with their partner actually beforehand and having an orgasm before having penetrative intercourse takes out that expectation for her to have an orgasm and both of them are more relaxed. The husband doesn't feel like he has to get her, his wife to an orgasmic state because he already did before they had penetrative orgasm. So what are your favorite sites or places that you recommend patients go to find vibrators? Because if you've never done that before, you probably don't want a package showing up at your door that's all branded and has funny pictures on it. You may not want it on your Amazon search history. It's funny you say Amazon because that was the first thing I was going to (laughs) say. But yes, if you share your Amazon account, especially with your children or your family members, you really don't want that to be in your search history. One of the websites I recommend is Love Honey. And it seems like a really clean site with no pop-ups that come up. And they send a package unlabeled as well. So nobody knows really what's coming through the door. Like, And that's, the, I think, the best part about the internet is that you don't need to go to a sex store, per se, to look at these things. Because majority of people just want to have something to help them have an orgasm. Right. Especially if, you, if you're if you brand new to this, just the thought of having of ordering something like a sex toy or a vibrator is very, very foreign. It's good to kind of ease your way into it. Um, and all of these vibrators on Love Honey or online, if you're looking on Amazon, definitely have tons of reviews from all different people. You'll actually be surprised if you read the reviews, the breadth of people using them. And so 
we need to bring it more into the mainstream. Lots of women do much better using a vibrator, even if they're having a very satisfying sex experience with their partner anyway. When we're talking about vibrators, there's multiple different kinds as well. Um, And sometimes it can be overwhelming for some patients. I had a patient who was overwhelmed by me just telling her to get lubrication at CVS. So I want to make sure everyone's aware that there are multiple different ways and finding the right one for you is really just trial and error. Um, But there's another type of vibrators that's becoming more and more popular and they're like the clitoral stimulators and they do a little bit more of a suctioning in the clitoris and also helping um, stimulate it better. And a lot of women have said that with the suctioning, it helps increase the blood flow into the area and on top of stimulating it at the same time. So the orgasms can be a lot more stronger with a clitoral stimulator. And I've actually have recommended it for some of my patients who said the vibrator wasn't enough. Yeah, they're really the next generation of vibrators because standard vibrators do just that. They vibrate, right? They just shake. (laughs) And that's great because they can vibrate consistently. You can change the speeds. Your partner may not be able to keep up the level of stimulation you need for as long as you need, but you know, your vibrator can do that. But I think with the clitoral stimulators, as you mentioned, they improve blood flow. They kind of create a little suction. And some women, as we go through menopause, the clitoris almost gets hidden underneath the clitoral hood. That's the piece of tissue that is naturally on top of it. And I think some of those clitoral vibrators help to gently draw out the clitoris so it is more sensitive to stimulation. And just to be clear, the clitoral vibrators have that suctioning, but they usually have vibration as well. So you're getting more than one type of stimulation to the clitoris, which is often why the orgasm is stronger because the more stimulation we provide, the better end result we can have. And then there are other types of vibrators that can be used by both partners at the same time where there's a penis ring that has a vibrator attached to it and they can have um, either a a prostate vibrator at the same time as a clitoral vibrator or just a clitoral vibrator as well. There's so many things you can try out in the market. I agree that that will have to be a new podcast dedicated just to all the different designs of vibrators and what they do differently and what works best. We'll put that on the docket for next time. (laughs) That's so true. And I think it's about changing what you think of as sex as you get older. So depending on the generation you were born in, you may think of sex just as penetration sex. And both partners should have an orgasm from penetration sex. But as we said before, lots of women, even when they're younger, struggle to have an orgasm with penetrative intercourse because that the clitoris just isn't getting enough direct stimulation. And then you add to that aging nerve endings and aging blood flow and things like that, it gets even harder. So it's really about having a little bit of an open conversation with your partner as well and saying, you know, I'm struggling a little bit to reach orgasm. Can we try something different? Or thinking about you having an orgasm first and then having sex and your partner comes that way or both, you know, masturbating and having an orgasm simultaneously or one after another. That may not have been a part of your sexual repertoire before, but it certainly can be included as you get older if if it's something that helps to improve it for both of you. And I do agree with you, Dr. Jackson, in terms of like having that conversation is the key to any relationship when it comes to a healthy sexual relationship with your partner. So this is, I mean, we could go on talking about this for quite some time, but we'll probably cut this particular podcast into two parts because we still want to dive into how to improve good clitoral blood flow and pelvic floor. So make sure to stay tuned for part two of the postmenopausal orgasm, which we will release next. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. No information from this recording is intended as a diagnosis or treatment for any disease. If you are enjoying the show, please subscribe so you don't miss any of our exciting episodes. 
And we love to hear from our listeners and we'll be grateful for your positive review. We'll talk next time.